Today's Wednesday, almost halfway through this month already. A lot of things are happening. A big happening is this Saturday. Anybody know what Saturday is? At what time? 10 o'clock. Maybe we'll have more volunteers out there. And if you can't get here, you can. How, how long? Full time. Okay, I just want to make sure. Because if uh, the guy, the ones that are out there, they're going to need some backup. And uh, you are like the, in the Army, you are in the back lines, but you are supplying. You're getting ready to put the supplies forward. You know, you're, you're cooking all the meals, you're, you're sending forth. So those that are on the front lines, knowing that they're being fed, and well taken care of, so that's what we need prayers for. Okay, we start off with a nugget this morning. The only way to defeat negative thoughts, the only way to defeat negative thoughts is by focusing on positive ones. Okay. Hope your week has gone good so far. Anybody got exciting testimony for before we get started? Got one. Yeah, we prayed about um, last week about me sharing information with my team. Okay. Oh, okay. Good. So, anybody else got one? Okay. You're all breathing, right? Okay, that's a good one. All right, turn with me to the book of Romans and find the sixth chapter, chapter six of Romans. And Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, as we look to your word, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that we are enlightened, Father God, by your word. And Father God, as we are enlightened, Father God, we grow and mature, Father God, in the things which were said. In Jesus' name, amen. That's Romans chapter 6. <clears throat> Boy, I'm really bad tonight. Verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. From the Amplified, for sin shall not no longer exert dominion over you, since you now are not, since now you are not under the law as slaves, but under grace as subjects to God's favor and mercy. I like that part, favor and mercy. Okay. Uh, sin doesn't play favorites. Sin doesn't play favorites. It works into everyone's life. Without, without regard to age, race, or your economical status. Sin is always attacking you or us. Regardless of, of, regardless of the form it takes, sin always tempts us to choose our own way over God's way. Rebellion is harmful and addictive. And the repetition of 
a sinful behavior leads more and more of the, into the same until the action is so ingrained in our lives that it seems that we cannot stop. Anybody ever been there? Think back. I mean, not, not in this life, not, not in your new life, but in your old life that you had uh, something that just kind of ran your life. I mean, oh, I've got it made. I don't have to do this. And all of a sudden something comes up and you're, there you are at the donut shop again. You know, but you know what I'm saying. It, it, just, it just keeps on. It was so addictive that you couldn't shake it. It didn't seem like you could shake it. Well, that's, the, that's that uh, behavior that sin had possession over us. Okay. And uh, many become enslaved to it. Uh, those that... We know of those that, uh, that get into the drug habit. They seem, once they get hooked into it, they seem not to be able to get out. Uh, they get what, what we call dried out, and uh, they get around something that stimulates their thought pattern or their body for it, and guess what? They're back on it again. It, it, but it says that sin does, here it says, it, since you'll not have dominion over us any longer. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Once uh, wrong thinking is involved, the influences extend be into our behavior. Deception moves in and we make adjustments to agree with the pattern of wrong thinking. Habitual sin satisfies the lustful cravings and the deepening roots of bitterness and rebellion that will defile many as we as it comes in contact with the unsuspecting boy your sin my sin at the time comes comes in contact with the unsuspecting think about it how many times did you go out there tell the your friends well let's go out and do it you know, have a beer or get, get high or whatever. Because you're addicted, you want to get... Misery likes company, that the, the old saying is, you know. And, uh, well, I don't think we need that kind of company longer, don't... <laughs> Just like the nugget says, uh, stay away from those negative thoughts. Okay. If we'll turn to uh, 1 Corinthians, that's 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Looking at verse 3. That's 1 Corinthians 3, 3. For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envy, envying and strife and divisions, ye are carnal and walk as mere men. From the Amplified. For ye are still unspiritual having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses. For as long as there are envy and jealousy and wrangling and fractions among you, are you not unspiritual and of the flesh, behaving yourselves after a human standard and like mere unchanged men? Wow, that's, that's a heavy indictment. And he was writing these to... Spiritual 
quote, what we call spiritual Christians, the Christians at Corinth. But they were messing around. We need to come, we need to come to an understanding that sin demands, keeps increasing, and yet sin's benefits are only short term. Ever think about that one? <laughs> the benefits of sin are short term compared to what you know what you think it should be. Oh well, we tell ourselves there's no harm in, in what we're doing. After all, others are doing it. <laughs> They're doing the same thing, and nothing serious has ever happened to them. Yeah. Well, yeah. So and so does it. I, you know. I, I've known them for a long time and nothing's ever happened to them. You know, what did, anybody know what, remember what Galatians uh, chapter 6 tells us? I'll turn there, we'll look at it. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, looking at verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, that he shall also reap from the Amplified. Do not be deceived and deluded and misled. God will not allow himself to be sneered at, scorned, disdained, or mocked by mere pretensions and professions, or by his precepts being set aside. He eventually deludes himself, uh, who attempts to delude God. For whatsoever man sows, that... And that only is what he will reap. Well, so sow and reap. There's a lot of you know, things going on in our government and things going on. Somebody's going to sow something <laughs> or reap something like real big. Shouldn't jump up and down on that one, but <laughs> of course you know, one sin is as bad as another in God's eyes. So you know, we may say, "Well, look, they're going to get their adjustment," but you know, huh. if we don't clean ourselves up, we're going to have a judgment ourselves, and we're not going to like it. I know they're not going to like it, but you're not going to like what you get, and I'm not going to like what I get. A Christian should be so definitely uncomfortable with sin because it brings a separation of fellowship with God. That sin just separates us. That's why you got to use 1 John 1, 9. Amen. Glory to God. Paul says that sin represents, uh, represents a mighty usurper exercising, exercising absolute dominion over the sinner and enslaving them. Wow. Now, dominion means something that has a supreme authority over and controls us. God never intended for sin to be our supreme authority in our life, nor does he allow that sin should, should control us. That's why we read there in uh, Romans 6.14, sin shall have no dominion over us. Hallelujah. That's something to shout about. But, uh, you know, 
to keep ourselves clean, we still got to use First John 1 9. And everybody agreed, don't we? So how does how does sin begin to work its way work its way in us? Let's turn back to the book of Romans chapter one this time. In Romans chapter one. Looking at verse 28, Romans 1, 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. From the Amplified. And so, since they did not see fit to acknowledge God or approve of Him or consider Him worth the knowing, God gave them over to a base and condemned mind to do things not proper or decent but lonesome. So, ignoring God's God's will uh, is a um, come along to sin or pulling to sin. Uh, John chapter 3. In John chapter 3. Glory to God. John chapter 3. Verse 19, John chapter 3, verse 19. And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. From the Amplified, the basis of the judgment, indictment, the test by which men are judged, the ground for the sentence lies in this. The light has come into the world, and people have looked, have loved the darkness rather than and more than light, for their works or deeds were evil. Um, earlier uh, in prayer, uh, Mike brought out that uh, you know, we are living in a world of darkness, but we are light. And we should not be letting our light be under a bushel, but be exposed. Because... Um, light pushes darkness out of the way. So we need to really light up our lives. Yeah. Um, acknowledge God's will so we don't fall into sin. Let's go all the way back to the book of Job, Old Testament. And in the book of Job, chapter 15, Job chapter 15. Whoa. Okay. Uh, Job chapter 15, ver uh, verse 16. How much more abominable and filthy is man, which drinketh iniquity like water. From the Amphite, how much less that which is abominable and corrupt, a man who drinks iniquity like water. In other words, uh, we have a corrupt passion and uh, 
sensual propensities to go after certain things when we are not walking in the spirit. Nobody's ever been there? I th we read about the, uh, we started off with Corinthians there, or not started off, but, and uh, they were a church, and yet Paul says, hey, you're, you're, you're carnal. So we all live in a body, and oftentimes, I would say, more than once a day, uh, we get in a carnal state. You know, a thought, maybe a deed, you know, someone takes your parking place or someone, you know, gets angry, angry at you and uh, they get road rage and give you all sorts of gestures as they pass you by or honk their horn or, you know, and all of a sudden you have um, vindictive thoughts. When people used to do that with me, I pretended I was in a jet airplane. And I had my paddles in there and I could hit these paddles and then fire off rockets and, and machine gun dash. Hey, hey that's, that's the wrong attitude. We're supposed to walk in love. That's not a lo lovely attitude, you know. Somebody goes by you and you want to... That's killing them. I mean, <laughs> come on. Nobody's ever had. I am so surprised. I, I mean, it must be teaching you guys well. You don't even have these things anymore. Whoa, you got to pray for me more. I think. Okay. So what? Our cor corrupt uh, passions. Let's see what Isaiah says here. Maybe you'll fall into this trap. I know. Isaiah chapter 5. Remember Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, you sow what you, you reap what you sow. Look at what uh, um, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 18 says. Woe unto them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity and sin as it were with a uh, cart rope. Wow. Woe unto, the, verse 18 from the Amplified, woe unto those who draw calamity with cords of iniquity and falsehood, who brings punishment to themselves with a cart rope of wickedness. Wow, that's, that's pretty heavy. It says uh, you're doing something and you've got a rope, or you've got a, you know, we call it a ball and chain. You've got a ball and chain. It's not a, you've got a trailer behind you that, that's full of iniquity that's willing to jump on you. That's pretty heavy. Okay. Let's go to Matthew chapter 19. We'll have to. In chapter 19, chapter 19, beginning with verse 16. And behold, 
one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest me thou good? There is none good one, but that is God. But if thou wert enter into life, keep the commandments. He said unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the young man said, And the young man saith unto him, All these things I have kept from my youth up. What lacketh I yet? He should have just stopped there before he said that. Because it opened the door to, for the Lord to tell him what was wrong. Jesus said, If thou wilt be perfect, go sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard the, that sayings, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Well, worldly interest becomes a deciding preference oftentimes, and that leads to sin. You have a preference to do certain things. Worldly interests. It's just like the rich, rich young ruler. Boy, I tell you what, the enemy has a whole slate of things. We shouldn't have this tonight. We should have something good. This is good. We find out what's going on in our, in our lives and other people's lives. Okay, Mark chapter 4. This is how sin comes into our lives. Mark chapter 4, looking at verse 19. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. These are, these are, look at that again. Wow. And the cares of the world and the deceitful deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things enter and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. What becomes unfruitful? The word. With things coming, acquiring things that, uh, I'm not saying acquiring things is bad, but when you put too much emphasis on things, like, uh, like all too often we do sometimes, uh, it becomes a, becomes a sin. We are we should be uh, encouraged to resist this type of uh, attitude. And James tells us in James chapter four. James chapter four verse seven says, "Submit yourselves." Therefore unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So all those temptations to uh, be drawn by the uh, lust of the flesh and so forth can be stopped. Okay. It's the fourth thing that uh, we need to look at. Sinners readily follow the multitude to do evil. 
you take the situation that these terrorists, you get these crazy going there. They, they, somebody does something crazy, evil, you know, they can blow themselves up or whatever, and somebody follows through and do, does the same thing. So, you know, a multitude of these crazies will do it because they think they're getting uh, rewards for dastardly deeds. That is some religion to kill, to get, uh, to, you know. They have to kill for God, and we just have to surrender to God. Wow, okay. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. And then we'll look at some. Look at it in a different uh, place. Matthew chapter 7, looking at uh, verse 14. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leads unto life, and few there be that find it. Well, let's go to verse 13. Enter ye in at, at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go there. So there, look at the, the parallel here. The wide gate gets a lot of people going, running through it. The narrow gate gets very few. Why? Because you get, it, you get it in the crowd. You can't see around. You've heard of, of um, people getting stampeded at events? Why? Because everybody just so packed together and they start running or start moving around and somebody falls, but the people behind them just keep on pushing and pretty soon people fall over them and you get more people being crushed. Uh, that's, that's the reality of a multitude of doing things. And uh, when people do evil things, a lot of people just rush in and do it with it. Uh, the riots, for example, you get some good people, all of a sudden they see other people doing it. And they go into the mode of, of a rioter's mind and start doing the same thing. They're picking up rocks and they're breaking windows, stealing this and stealing that. Well, usually the, those people wouldn't do it, but they get in get into a crowd that's doing it, they fall into it. We gotta know who we, we hang around with. <sighs> Do I have to? Okay. Working at PG&E. Not proud of this. We got off work. And there it was a, a bar down. This is a Moss Landing. There's a bar right down the road. And the guy said, oh, I don't drink beer. So we, the guys were going to do it. So I went with him. 
And then somebody got the harebrained idea to get some vegetables. This is night. This is, this is a graveyard. I mean, coming off a swing shift in the graveyard. So this is this is after two o'clock at night. You know, we just I don't know. I think it was married at that time. I'm not positive. Yeah. Sometimes it would hold you over, you know, at work. So you know, you come in late and she wouldn't know about it. <laughs> anyway, oh God, why am I saying this? Oh, thank well. <laughs> anyway, it's after two o'clock. We, we close the bar up. Somebody said, "Let's get some vegetables." Well, this is the bad thing. The field that we went to is one that I used to work in when I was working as a as a laborer, and we robbed. Uh, you know, oh, maybe you talk about avocados. We robbed. Celery, celery, I think the celery. Celery or, or lettuce, I can't remember right now, but good thing. But what I'm saying, you gotta know who you're with because you get caught in, in, in the current and you find yourself doing something wrong. Just like, a lot, like I said, a lot of these rioters, they're there to watch and all of a sudden they get caught up in it and then you can get arrested and get, but I didn't, you know, oh. So you can pray for me, my past. Oh, God, why you have to say that for? The wife doesn't even know about it. Shh. Oh, safe, okay. Oh, boy. So watch out what you do when you get it with the multitude of people. You can fall into bad company. Again, broad is a road that leads to destruction. That was, that is, and uh, I hate to say it, I was in a backslidden state. I was saved when I did this. I, you know, I saved prior, but you know, I had this interlude of time that I kind of drifted from the Lord and uh, you can see what I did. Confession is good for the soul. Anybody else want to confess anything, please? <laughs> <laughs> oh, all goody two-shoes out there. Okay. Matthew chapter 22. See, if you confess your fault, it's, it's, it's erased, right? Thank you, Lord, it's erased. It's not going to be used against me. Matthew chapter 22, looking at verse 14. Whoa! For many are called, but few are chosen. We're called to walk away from sin. But too many of us fall for the tricks of the enemy. You know, we fall for it every day. And uh, the wife says, every night I confess things so I can be ready for the rapture. I said, we need to do it before the night time. You don't know what's going to happen between now and then. 
Amen? Okay, nobody's, nobody's agreeing with me. They're just listening. Let's go to Luke chapter 13 this time. Did I really say that? Okay, Luke 20, uh, 13, 24. Strive to enter into the straight gate, for I say unto you, wait a minute, strive to enter the straight gate, for many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. People are looking for the straight, straight and narrow way, but they're not able to get in it because they are caught up with the multitude. If you allow, like I said, if we allow sin, if we get in the habit of sin, just the small things, it will lead into larger things. We've we got to cut it off right away. Okay. I'm talking to the choir here. Okay, let's resist sin. Let's go back to uh, Romans chapter 6. We'll look at it one more time. Romans chapter 6. Verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Resisting sin. For we are not under the law, but under grace. God's grace changes everything because we die to our old previous ways of life. Glory to God. And we are introduced to a new way of life. Grace gives us the ability to live the victorious Christian life over sin. It means when the sins, when the temptation comes, we have grace to overcome it. We don't have to fall to it. Not grace. We have grace to do it and then know that we got a clean slate. That doesn't work that way. Too many, too many Christians are starting to believe that. That you can live like the devil because you're saved. Okay. Grace is opposed to the, uh, grace is opposed to the law, and signifies the gospel. Gospel, John, chapter one, book of John, chapter one. Verse 17, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Amen. So we have grace. Given to us by the Lord. Romans chapter 5. Let's go to the book of Romans one more time. Romans chapter 5. Romans 5, verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for, for grace. The law is a system of, of justice and awful severity. Okay, Galatians chapter 3. 
Verse 24. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Hallelujah. Don't have to go through that again. Romans 7. Romans chapter 7, looking at verse 4. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, uh, you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. From the Amphite. Likewise, my brethren, you have, you have undergone death as to the law through the crucified body of Christ, so that now you may belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. Glory to God, that's good news. We're delivered. We're not under the law any longer. And let's go to Romans 10. Chapter 10. Verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. From the Amplified, for Christ is the end of the law, the limit at which it ceases to be. For the law leads up to him who is the fulfillment of its types, and in him the purpose which was designed to accomplish is fulfilled. That is, the purpose of the law is fulfilled in him as means of righteousness, right relationship to God for everyone who trusts in and adheres to and relies upon him. Glory to God. No more under the law. No more sin. No more problem. Okay. And Romans 8. Back on up to Romans 8. Verse 1 and 2. 1 and 2. There, there, is now there, there, there is now therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Sin is no longer a problem. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Amen. Glory to God. Let's, let's turn to John chapter 1 again. In John chapter 1, verse 16. And of his fullness have we all received and grace for grace. In other words, we, can, we live things out through him. That's daily. Oh, wow. Just believing in him. Doing what he says. Turn with me now to the book of Philippians, chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 
verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Notwithstanding, you have done well that you did communicate with, with, with my afflictions. Uh, first uh, from the Amplified, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me, and I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength to me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Who empowers me, I am ready for anything and equal to anything. There, eliminate sin right there. All temptation is dropped, gone. Second, let's back up to Second Corinthians chapter 12. should be highlighted in your 2 Corinthians chapter 12 should be in red. Anybody know what verse it is? Second Corinthians chapter 12 there's a verse that's highlighted in red. Anybody know where it is? Verse 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Hallelujah. So that, that means we have daily grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're closing in on the end here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 14. For the love of Christ constrains us because... We thus judge that if one died for all, then all are dead. Verse 14 from the Amplified. For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us because we are of the option and conviction that if one died for all, then all died. Amen. We've got assurance of victory here. No more sin. We're ensured of victory. Okay. We're going to going to the last three. Romans chapter eight. Verse thirty one. Romans eight thirty one. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? From the Amplified. What shall we say to, say to all this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be our foe if God is on our side? I mean, the devil's been beaten up, kicked around, and he's under our feet. Amen. Turn with me now to 1 John, not 1 John, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Chapter 15, and looking at verse 55. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the sting and the strength of sin is the law. So the sting of death is sin. No longer bound by it. Amen. And 
Find one, 1 John chapter 3. Looking at verse 3. And every man that hath this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. And everyone who has this hope resting on him cleanses, purifies himself, just as he is pure, chaste, undefiled, and guiltless. That's us. No more sin. Sin is overthrown. It's under a, no longer to be a situation for us. Okay. Anybody need prayer tonight? Good, okay. Let's all stand. We get out early, for some of us anyway. Father, we're praising you and we're just giving you thanks, Lord, that sin is overthrown, Father God. And we stand before you righteous. We thank you, Lord, that old things are passed away, Father God. All things are new. We thank you, Lord, that we can walk in the victory that you've given us each and every day. And we praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.